Welcome to the First Time Facilitator Podcast. Whether you're a first-time facilitator or a seasoned pro, listen in for tips and tricks to make a bigger impact at the next workshop you deliver. And now, your host, Leanne Hughes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Leanne Hughes, and I'm here to help you create unpredictable workshop experiences that predictably work. Thank you so much again for tuning in to the First Time Facilitator podcast. If this is your first time listening, welcome along. And if you've listened to a few episodes, thank you so much for taking the time to tune in again. Okay, so we heard from Brett McGuire last week, and he was talking about facilitation and leadership in Asian countries and the differences between delivering workshops and things you can do to make it more topical and culturally relevant uh, and also get some more engagement and figuring out how to do that within different cultural contexts. So I picked up a lot of that. Um, What that means though is today it's time for another mini episode. Now these short, sharp mini-sodes come out to you every fortnight and the difference between these and interviews is that in the solo mini-sodes, I aim to share one piece of practical advice that you can use to boost your workshop experience. So these are really focused and come to you every fortnight. Now this episode will be released when I am over in Hong Kong and I'm about to start or I've started day one of a leadership program. I'll be there running workshops for five days, then I have a weekend break and then back again for two. So these are going to be long days on the road. So I've been looking into a bit of information on self-care, which I'll share on another solo episode. I'll give you a bit of a reflection on what actually worked for me in my experiment. But for this one, I wanted to talk through some facilitator travel hacks Now, on a much earlier podcast episode, that was episode 38, it feels like a lifetime ago, it was only October last year, on that episode, I talked through my facilitator packing list. Now, this episode is a little bit different as this is all about a time-saving hack for when you are on the road. If you want to hear how I pack for workshops, I recommend listening to the packing list episode by tuning in and um, I'll pop a link to that in the show notes. Now, before I dive in, remember, if you want to continue the conversation when the podcast is over, you can join our community of over 180 facilitators from all over the world on our free Facebook group. It's called The Flip Chart. Now, on there, we share all sorts of cool activities, uh, videos and articles. It's just a really supportive community. And I love that we are all driven by the same thing, and that is doing what it takes to make our workshops different and engaging. So you can view a link to the group and other resources mentioned in this episode, as I said in the show notes, which can be found at firsttimefacilitator.com forward slash episode 77. Okay, let's talk through this travel hack. And a bit of a disclaimer, this isn't only a hack for you when you're on the road, but it is something that you can use um, anytime that you deliver a workshop. It's something I learned from Tim Pence from Small Truths when I was in Sydney last month. We'll put a link to Tim's work and his contact details in the show notes and a link to the previous episode because Tim uh, was on a previous episode of the show. Now, Tim is from Melbourne and he flew into Sydney the night before to deliver this workshop. Now, what I love about Tim's approach to facilitation is that he does not use PowerPoint at all. 
He uses visual facilitation to really bring his leadership models and teachings to life. When I arrived at his workshop, he had his flip charts up on a wall. Okay, so if you can imagine this, there was a, a wall and he had about mm, 20, uh, 20 sheets of flip chart paper and they were folded in half and blue tack. So basically, you could see the title of each of the models that was unveiled to all the participants. But because it was folded in half and blue tacked up, you couldn't see the actual models. You couldn't see what was written on it. You could see sort of some pen strokes, but you couldn't see the model. And when it came time to showing the model, he would unravel the blue tack. So he'd unfold the flip chart and ta-da, the model was already there. It was pre-drawn. And what he did was he worked through these models. At the end of the day, all the models he was talking about were unfolded and displayed in a sequence. Um, I think the real value of having these flip charts on the wall all day is that um, you can be talking about a concept in the afternoon and very easily just point back to a model that was referred to in the morning. You can start really creating strong connections between all the different models and weaving that thread through the day's workshop. When you are solely relying on PowerPoint, you can't go back, you know, flick back 20 slides to go, yeah, that related to this. I mean, you can, but it just, it's kind of distracting and a waste of everyone's time is having to flick back. Whereas you can just point and participants can point and go, hey, I see the linkage between this model and that model um, because they're on the walls, they, you can see them. So where is the hack here? So you're thinking, okay, this may be not new to me. <laughs> Where's the hack? These flip charts were pre-written. So Tim had drawn these up beforehand in Melbourne before he had even got to Sydney. They were rolled up and popped into a heavy-duty drawing tube that you could throw into the hold on a plane. I asked the flip chart community on Facebook where you could find these drawing treats. Um, where you could find these drawing tubes. And Leanne Elliott advised that she picked hers up from Eckersley's. She sent through a link. And so that's where I went to last weekend. I went to pick up a couple of drawing tubes. Now, I can't tell you how much I love this hack because my usual approach was, was getting to the workshop early, running around, testing the technology, sorting out furniture, setting up the tables, handing out the resources, and then drawing the flip charts. And if you want to do a decent job drawing flip charts, uh, it takes a lot of time. So even before the workshop had started, that was a lot to get through. A lot of brain energy spent before the workshop has even begun. And you can imagine that you're trying to draw flip charts and participants are walking in, they have questions. It's just very distracting. I love that idea of getting in and simply sticking these flip charts on a wall in order, knowing that it's all done. I wish I had known this earlier. And I've mentioned this before. Um, I, I can't remember which episode, but let's just say you want to draw the model live for your participants. Well, I would suggest even drawing it or tracing it in a light pencil beforehand. And then at least you've got it there. You can draw over it in real time for your participants. It just, again, makes it easier to explain a concept when you don't have to think or that drawing it neatly. Particularly for me, I'm very new at visual facilitation. Uh, if you've seen my handwriting, you'll understand. So it's actually really good for me to have something that's drawn really nicely in pencil that I can trace over. So how do you take this hack even further? <laughs> so Tim told me that he pays someone to draw his flip charts. He's running all these workshops that he's got a stack on his table of all the different flip charts that have been uh, pre-drawn that he just picks up and takes to his workshop. So good. He also mentioned that he knows another facilitator. What she did was she went to a local art school, 
she paid an art student to design her visuals um, and took a photo of them and then she pays someone else to replicate the artwork, the, the artwork flip charts. So when I heard that, my jaw dropped. I think just to the possibilities, like if you've got your own IP or even if you're running like a run-of-the-mill program, imagine if you – I'm sure you could go, even go to Upwork or Elance or something like a, a website and you could say, hey, here are the models – what would these look like on flip charts? Draw them up for me and then, yeah, pay someone to replicate that. How cool. So what I think this is all doing is it's about playing to your strengths. So if your strength isn't visual facilitation, you've got a couple of options. One is to get better at it. The second is to find people that are really good at, at it and outsource it. Uh, so one to think about. Yeah, so two weeks prior to my Hong Kong, Hong Kong course starting, um, I have drawn all of my flip charts and I could take my time and not rush them because I had the time. It was just two weeks prior. It wasn't the morning of. So these are all in a drawing tube. They are ready to take on my flight and I feel really good and more confident because of this. I'm controlling some things that I, I need to control and I can control. What that means now is that I can shift my focus to creating a really welcoming experience for participants and getting excited about the whole experience, not worrying about that crazy, hectic morning before the workshop even begins. Okay, that is it for the mini-sode. It was only about 10 minutes, but I think there's a bit of punch. Like when when Tim told me this, I just couldn't believe it. I thought the possibilities of doing this, and then I was thinking, what else can we outsource? So that's my question for you listeners. Uh, outsourcing flip charts. What else can you outsource when it comes to your workshop? Uh, so you can focus on being present in the moment uh, before our workshop begins. So next week, I'll be back with an interview with a couple of master facilitators. They've been doing this. They've been in the facilitation game for decades um, and they're based in the UK. So we'll be bringing that to you next week. So yeah, love to hear your thoughts. What do you even think about this hack? Do you think you're going to use it is it something or, you know, are you a visual facilitation type of person and you're like, Leanne, you can't do that. You've got to draw it live in the moment. Let me know your thoughts. Love you. Uh, I'd love for you to connect up with me on LinkedIn. Send me a message and just let me know your thoughts. Apart from that, look forward to chatting to you next week. And look, if you're still listening in the meantime, if you do like the show, I'd love you to help out and get the word out to other people. So there are a few ways you can spread the word. Uh, You can simply send them a link to firsttimefacilitator.com or leave a rating and review in iTunes to boost the public presence of the show. Thanks, First Time Facilitators. Chat next week.